For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Hey there, Mike Stelzner coming to you with a fascinating update you might not be familiar with. Did you know that Social Media Examiner can deliver all the marketing, training, news, and trends, insights that you need into your inbox three days a week when you sign up for our newsletter and it's completely free? Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates and take your marketing to the next level. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works. And you want to know what works now, don't you, with social media? Well, I am really excited about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Ian Cleary, and we're going to talk about some amazing data that you can get for free with Twitter analytics. We're also going to talk about some awesome third-party Twitter analytics tools and so much more. If you want to email me, hit me up at podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And with that, let's transition over to this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in a social jungle, here's this week's survival tip. I'm joined this week by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? I found a taco, a taco app. A taco (laughs) app. Okay, tell us more. All right. So if you're like me, you have people trying to put things on your to-do list all the time. And there's no one place where, for example, stuff from Trello or stuff from Evernote or stuff from email all goes into one master list. Taco app is that master list. Okay. So elaborate a little bit. So what what you do is you sign up for free on the web at tacoapp.com. And then you connect all those services like Asana and Evernote and Basecamp and even your Gmail emails. And then you can assign it that all those to-dos, those tasks, will be pulled in together, curated or uh, collected into Taco App. So you have that one place to go from now on. And it pulls all of them in there. And it even pulls them in with like a symbol of where it's coming from so you can see – Exactly which app is bringing that to you. So just so I understand, I'm assuming all these, I don't use all these things that you're talking about, but I'm assuming they all have a to-do list. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Just like an inbox or a, or a, uh, you know, a a list, a a list of things that you are assigned or that you've selected to do. Is it a one-way communication into the taco app or is it both ways? Like if you respond or check it off or whatever, does it communicate back with the app that's brought it in? Yeah, it's, it's both ways. Wow, very cool. Sorry, have you used it yet? I've been trying it out, and uh, th- there's still a couple that are missing, but some of the major ones, again, like Asana and Basecamp and uh, High Rise and Evernote and Trello, which we use. Right. Um, Wonderlist is in there. Even um, 
oh, what what is it? OmniFocus, which is Mac only. So there's there's a bunch of different things. There's even uh, an RSS feed option. Interesting. So um, what's the cost? It's free. And how do you use it? Is it just on a desktop or is it a mobile app or is it both? It's just desktop. So if you're going to use it with mobile, you would just make sure you've got a, a mobile browser bookmark to go to that page where everything's being pulled in and then you can still uh, press and hold and re- you can even reorder those tasks in the order you want to accomplish them. So for those of you that have lots of different systems that all kind of have common functionality, it sounds like this is the solution to kind of bring them into one place so you can kind of manage it all. Is that right? Yeah, it's, it's that one place. So tell people where they can discover more about it. Yeah, check it out over at tacoapp.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Eric. You're welcome. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. And let's now transition over to this week's awesome interview with Ian Cleary. Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide. I'm very excited to be joined today by Ian Cleary, a social tech expert. He blogs over at RazorSocial.com. His blog has placed in our top 10 social media blog contest for the last four years in a row. He also founded the Razor Blazers Club, a community for marketers who want to monetize with social media. Ian, welcome to today's show. Uh, Great to be here, Mike. Thanks for having me. So today, Ian and I are going to explore how you can use Twitter analytics and third-party tools that provide analytics to basically take your Twitter marketing to the next level. Um, Let's start, Ian, with Twitter analytics. Can you kind of share what Twitter – well, first of all, where do we find Twitter analytics? Because it is available, I think, to everyone. Am I right or no? Yeah, once you have an account for more than 14 days, then you get access to the free analytics provided by Twitter, and you go to analytics.twitter.com to access it. Okay, so if we all go to analytics.twitter.com on our desktop, and I don't think they have a mobile analytics app, do they? Or do they? Do you know? They don't have a mobile analytics app, but when you're on the mobile version of the app, you can click on a tweet to view analytics for that tweet. If you're using the Twitter app itself? Yeah, exactly. Cool. And I know TweetBot also provides some of those analytics. So um, so we're on analytics.twitter.com. What what do we see there? What, what kind of, because I think a lot of people probably might not even realize what Twitter provides you for free. Yeah, I mean, it provides a lot of great information. So over the last year or so, it's really improved the information provided. So you're going to start off, you're going to see an overview screen, and that's going to be a great screen to get started with. Now, you can drill down from the overview screen where you can view tweets and audiences and video analytics. But from the overview screen, you're going to start th- seeing things like impressions. So impressions are the times a, a user has served a tweet in timeline or search results or it's on the profile. So the tweet has been presented, a tweet that you shared has been presented to a user somewhere. They've seen it on their, their timeline, for example. And just to pause for a second, I don't know if you have it up on your end, but I have it up on my end while we're talking. And um, just to give people a little visual perspective of what it looks like, it's a, it shows on my end, and I don't know if it's the same for you, Ian, but it says 28-day summary. So it looks yeah. like they take four weeks, and then they show you, first they show you tweets, which is intriguing. And I've done 142 tweets 
and they're saying that's down 35.5%. So I'm assuming these these up and down arrows are over the prior period. Is that that's the, actually it does it say is. that. It does say that. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, exactly. So you were saying the impressions are again, is that the total number of people that saw the tweet or the total potential number of people that saw your tweets? No, that's the actual number of people that saw the tweet. So they're on the, the Twitter timeline or they visit your profile or they may have clicked on a hashtag uh, and your tweet was listed on that. So they got a chance to see your tweet. That's kind of crazy because I don't know about you, but I'm seeing tweet impressions of 359,000 K, it says. And it says that's down 38.5%. So I guess the assumption here is that in in my case, a lot of people are retweeting my my content. Is that kind of what you think? I mean, because I don't have three hundred fifty nine thousand followers, you know. No, but when you think of it, from your tweets that you send, each tweet gets a certain amount of impressions. So if you add up the impressions per tweet, then that's the total number of the impressions of the amount of times. Oh, people I see, see what you're saying. Yeah. I see what you're saying. So I could take the total impressions and divide it by the total tweets and kind of come up with an average impression per tweet. And that might be a sub-segment of my audience, but it doesn't mean 359,000 people, unique people have seen it. It just means it's been viewed 359,000 times. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, actually, one challenging thing is, uh, you know, is Twitter able to access all the information from third-party tools displaying these tweets in tools like Hootsuite and Sprout Social and all that? And that's going to be challenging them for the, to retrieve all that information. So it's never going to be 100% accurate, hmm. but it gives you a gauge. And at least you can go, well, is the impressions going up each month or going down? And why is it going down? What else is it showing us? Well, you start looking at uh, profile visits, for example, and that. So how many times people visit your profile? And that's actually important because when you think of it on Twitter, like you can pin a tweet to the top of Twitter. So everybody should have a really good tweet pinned. Like if I go to your profile, Mike, our social media examiner, I see that you've pinned something related to the social marketing media marketing report because mm. that's something you really want to promote. Well, if I'm looking at my profile, I see there was 17,000 visits. So that's 17,000 people going to my profile page. And I have pinned to the top of mine is a, an option to go to download a lead gen guide. So people are up, I'm building email subscribers from people visiting Twitter profile. And this is intriguing. Um, I've had about 10,000 people visit my profile. I think we can think of this kind of like the homepage on our website, right? Yeah. And so many of us just kind of, uh, uh, this pinning thing you're talking about is very important, right? Because if you've got, in your case, 17,000 visits, and in my case, about 10,000, what a great opportunity to post something up there that is promotional or serving the business, right? Uh, And by the way, I'm sharing my personal profile uh, statistics here. I don't think any of us realize maybe how many people are actually checking our profiles. And, you know, I do wonder, this is another one of those cases, do you think that this includes them pulling our profile from a mobile app? Or do you think this is the desktop view into the profile? Or do you think it's some combination of all the above? Yeah, no, this is definitely be the mobile and the desktop app combination of viewing the profile from both of them. Hmm. But but like you said, the pinned tweet is so important. It's a simple thing, but it's like having a great big opt-in at the top part of your website. Right. Um, what's next? We, we talked about tweets, tweet impressions, profile visits. 
Hey, then you have mentions, you know, so often is your, your name mentioned then in terms of your Twitter address mentioned on other people's profiles. So people have shared your content, for example, and they've mentioned your Twitter address on that. So you want people mentioning you, want people sharing out your content. So that's important as well. Do you think a mention is different than a retweet or do you think it's kind of all the same? That'll be included because your your mention is going to be included within the retweet. So. Now, underneath all these is kind of what looks like a little uh, bar chart. Can we click in on any of these to find out more information? Or is this just kind of the uh, simple? Because, you know, it shows a little. Are you looking at it? Do you see what I'm talking about? Yeah. It looks like a little mountaintop with the ups and downs and stuff like that. What should we make of that? Is there is there any worth looking at that? Or is that just kind of there just for effect? I don't even know. Well, well, that sort of gives you the trend. If things are going up and down over the space of that month, are your impressions going up and down, for example? So you can get a gauge for what direction that chart is going. So if I look at on the very right-hand side, for example, I see followers is the last one on the list. My followers are growing. So I see that line just going up all the time. Exactly. Where, you know, so it, it, so it is, you can't click on it to view a drill down. But if you want to do a better drill down on, for example, tweets, then there's a menu option across the top where you can click in and, and view particular tweets as well. And then off to the right here, we've got this uh, month summary, month to date summary, right? Which is kind of similar to the, what we see at the top, except it's just for the month where I guess the stuff at the top is a moving 28 day. Every 28, every day you log in there, it's the, it's the prior 28 days where the stuff on the right here is just a summary for the current month that we're in. Exactly. So there's a few days left, you know, in this month. So that's why, uh, and the figures are lower for me with this summary as opposed to 28 day summary because the month's not finished yet. So what, what else other than these summaries, because it looks like there's a lot more here. What else is worthy of people to look at a little bit inside of here beyond just the summaries? Well, well, just before you move off the summary, just below there, you see the Twitter activity. So that gives you a highlight of what's what, what the best tweets over the last 28 days. For example, you'll see the top tweet, many impressions that top tweet got, and then you can see the retweets on it. And then you can view tweet activity on that twi- tweet. So you can view a whole, a whole breakdown of all the engagement on that tweet. And this is really important, folks, because a lot of times what's popular on Twitter may not be what's popular on your blog and may not be what's popular on Facebook, right? So we can take this top tweet and we can maybe put it into an evergreen bucket and maybe retweet it in the future, right? Yeah, exactly. So you want to see in terms of for every single tweet, you know, what what are the most popular tweets across each, uh, you know, that you share? And then from that start, like you said, you turn that maybe into an evergreen tweet where you're regularly sharing it. So there's no point if you had like you share 200 items, there's no point in resharing content that's not resonating with your audience. So look at the the tweet that's really working well. And you might put that into an evergreen as an evergreen post, but you also might want to come up with similar content to that. And then the top mention is is off to the there's top tweet and top mention. What does top mention mean? So you, where do you see top mention? I, I see, it? I see. Okay, I see top tweet. I see top mention. I see oh, top sorry, follower, yeah. and then I see top media tweet. Yeah. So the top mention is your name has been mentioned. So somebody else has shared a piece of content and mentioned your name within it, and that piece of content did very well. 
Ah, I see. Okay. So in my case, I had shared some research. I had shared some news that YouTube was launching YouTube Live from my experience at a conference and somebody else tagged me on it. And it looks like that particular one had a lot of engagement on it. Um, it says it earned 45 engagements. So this is intriguing because this is somebody else's tweet that I might not have overlooked, but that was very popular. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then we've got top media tweet. I'm not sure what the difference is between top media tweet and top tweet. Do you have any idea what the difference is? Well, your top tweet may not have, like, for example, an image or a video in it, whereas the top media tweet has. Ah. So, you know, it, the chances are they could be both the same because both of them could have media in it. But, you know, there may be one without any media in it. That was the top tweet. And then this is interesting. Your top follower, um, I'm followed by some people that have really big followings. And is this mean that there just happened to be someone who's popular that's following me? Or is there more to it than that? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm looking at, I have a guy here that's 1.26 million people. He's followed by 1.26 million people. So it's not that he's sharing out the content. It's just that he is the top follower with the most, you know, followed by the most time people. Exactly. Yeah. And this is where it gets interesting, folks, is that they provide these top follower, top tweet, top mention, and top media tweet every single month. So you can scroll down kind of this timeline, if you will, and you can go back for months and you can kind of see which tweets perform best in that prior month and maybe bring some of that stuff back to life. And if you have some followers that are following you that are really popular, I would imagine you could start engaging with those people, right? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, if they've followed you and they have a large following and they have, they're relevant to your audience. So this guy is entrepreneur, startup, marketing, branding, leadership, sales. So that's very relevant to me. So I should be paying attention to that guy and start interacting with that person. So this is this is just this is all the stuff that they give you at the homepage. Um, there's a couple other tabs here. Do you want to briefly dig into what 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 else is provided by these Twitter analytics within these other tabs? Sure. So there's the next tab you go into is tweets. So that focuses in on specific tweets. So it starts off, it shows you a graph over a 28-day period where you can see on a daily basis, what was the impressions on a daily basis and how many tweets did you send on a daily basis? So you can start see across each day of the week, which day gets the most impressions, you know, and then you can compare that against tweets. So naturally, you know, if you're not sending as many tweets on a weekend, well, then the impressions will be lower, but it, it gives you an idea. And then you can compare week to week and see, well, you know, this week, if I see in, well, my impressions are going down, my engagements is going down. And we'll talk about engagement in a second, but if engagements are going down, well, then I want to do something about it. So then I might want to analyze things on a weekly basis because I'm going to put in changes this week and then compare next week and see what my analytics is like next week. This is where it gets interesting is you can sort by, for example, top tweets over this period of time you're looking at here. And we should note to the record that you can change to any date range you want. It's kind of like Google Analytics here when you go into your Twitter activity. So you can go seven days, you can go a month, and it provides you all sorts of date ranges that you can, you can select. And then you can sort by top tweets, for example, and you can look at the ones that, that had the most impressions. Now, the thing that the thing that's not obvious here is the actions that people take on these tweets. Do you know whether or not they provide data on clicks on, on, the, on your top tweets? Because, you know, impressions is one thing, but clicks is obviously a very different thing. 
Yeah, exactly. So if you, um, I mean, for the tweets, like engagement is, when you see an engagement column, it's, that's the number of times somebody interacted with a tweet. Right. So they could view a tweet, they, you know, retweet, like, link click, media engagement. So there's a whole range in that. Now, if you actually click on a particular tweet, so we're looking at a first tweet listed there. It shows me the impressions, the engagements, and then the engagement rate, which is just the impressions divided by engagement. Mm-hmm. Now, if you click on that particular tweet, it opens up a summary, and I'll see the total engagements on the first tweet I'm looking at is 12. And it said that was five retweets, five likes, one media engagement, and one detail expand. So that tweet that I'm looking at didn't have any link clicks. But as you navigate down through, if you open up one, you you might see link clicks on on some of them. Ah, I see. Yeah, and it just so happens it looks like there might be some correlation between the impression and the engagements. Like some of my top tweets had like um, 105 engagements. And then I can, like you said, I can click in on here and I can see exactly how many of the different actions were there. In this regard, it reminds me a lot of Facebook analytics. It's actually pretty impressive. Um, what else can you do here? You can export the data too. I guess if you want to go kind of hog wild, um, you could export this and pull it into a spreadsheet and do some analysis with it. Yeah, exactly. So you, you can, yeah, and the, the data is great data when you export it. So then you can do your own graphs and charts based on that data. Um, have you ever messed around with this audiences tab? Because that's kind of interesting. Maybe we should talk about that a little bit. Sure. Okay. So your audience tab, it starts off and it shows you your followers and your follower growth. So you want to see that your followers are growing on a regular basis. But if you're growing followers and it's not a relevant following, then what's the point? So one of the things is is interesting is to look at like the interests so this breaks down, analyzes your audience to figure out what's the interest of your audience and also the occupation of the audience. So I'm looking at interests. I see marketing, technology, entrepreneurship, which is correct, you know. So that's the type of people I want to attract. So you want to analyze the audience and see, you know, with a following that's growing, is this the right audience or not? Mm. And it's really interesting because it shows a whole bunch of stuff. It shows gender, it shows household income, net worth, uh, consumer buying styles, uh, job title, um, top languages, lifestyles, um, and consumer behaviors, and even the mobile footprint. And even down to like whether they're on iOS devices or Androids and whether it's like AT&T or Verizon. It's pretty amazing. And it looks like you can add a comparison audience I've never messed with this, but um, have you ever tried that yet to compare your audience against another audience? Do you see that up there at the top? Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, exactly. So you can you can go in and go compare it against you know specific groups, and then it just shows you the graph alongside it, so you can see the interest across a different group. So, folks, I mean, bottom line is, and I don't know, is there anything else worth talking about here in Twitter analytics, or we covered the most of it before we move on to the next question? Well, a couple of things. One is, I suppose, the household income category is net worth. That is U.S.-based data. So that's based on Twitter getting access to information from partners. Mm. So from a global basis, not much use, but a U.S. basis only, it's interesting. Uh, I mean, there is uh, video analytics, you know, and I think video is becoming more and more important. So that's going to be interesting. You can see you know, how many people viewed your video, what percentage they viewed the video within Twitter, you know, so it was a 25% or 50% or 75%. Um, 
and that can be interesting. Twitter cards, I, I suppose one other area where you can ha have on your website, you can ad add additional information that describes, uh, that helps Twitter understand what the tweet is about. So for example, if somebody's sharing something from your website, you can say, well, I want to share a nice picture with this tweet. And then you can get good analytics on this to see, well, what's working on your website? What type of Twitter cards are working on your website? And what's the engagement for the Twitter card? So that's an, an interesting area as well. One other thing I want to draw everyone's attention to is this cool little tab called events. And this is interesting because when you click on events, it tells you the date and location of the event. For example, Shark Week, Category Entertainment, United States, starts um, June 28th and audience size 18 million. So um, this is something that I would imagine is designed to enable people to go ahead and maybe run some ads to people that are tweeting about Shark Week. And then you can click on sporting events. For example, um, they're talking about some Olympic uh, events that are coming up. And then movies. And it tells you, like, for example, all these movies and the dates that they're coming out. And recurring trends like Music Monday, Motivation Monday, Thankful Thursday. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. And actually, what's interesting is you can click on that as well. If you click on them, Mike, you'll see, you can see, like I'm looking at Chart Week is uh, June the 26th of July 3rd. Well, so far, there's 1.2 million tweets. They reached the impressions, the top tweets that were shared related to it. So it's very interesting if that was relevant to your business, that, you know, Shark Week. Yeah, I mean, like if you're in the travel industry and and uh, you want to tap into Shark Week and there's certain parts of the world where people go to see sharks, I would imagine this would be a time to up your advertising, you know, to come see sharks for yourself, you know, um, because that's like a perfect match. So it's intriguing that all this data is here and available for free to to everyone. So um, I want to I want to move on because there's a lot more that we need to talk about, but. But first, you know, let's start with what's missing from from here, because while there's so much here, I know that from your perspective, there's still um, some things that are missing. So in your opinion, what is missing from the Twitter analytics? Yeah, I mean, I suppose the, the biggest thing is competitor comparison. So you'd like to compare yourself with other people, uh, you, you know, similar profiles, similar industry and see how you compare so there isn't that comparison against other brands or in individuals. That's that would be useful. I don't think there isn't really a lot of well, there isn't any analysis uh, analysis uh, analysis. Uh, sorry, yep, <laughs> I get it eventually. Analysis <laughs> on hashtags used. Hmm. So you'd like to break it down by hashtag. What hashtag was used and how popular it was, and maybe it was for a particular event or stuff. Um, you might want to look at uh, other things like. You know, who's not following you back? More details about who's following you, who's following you, who's not following you back. Right. And what's, what's the influence of some of the people that are sharing your stuff, right? Because yeah. some people have a bigger reach than others. And Exactly. And is there, you know, what's the total traffic to my website from Twitter? I mean, so uh, while this is very interesting, there's still so much more that we as marketers care about. And hopefully we'll get a chance to dig into a couple tools near at the end here. Um I don't want to spend an enormous amount of time on this, but I know that you've come up with um, a, a philosophy or a model to move someone from a tweet to a sale. And I would love you to just spend a couple minutes sharing that model. Sure. Yeah. So 
It's over the last couple of years, we sort of figured out what's the best way of moving people from a social media channel to a sale. And uh, we come up with this model called the PRISM framework. And PRISM is an acronym. So it's P for people. So think about on Twitter, P for people, we want to build an audience. So we're building a following and we're, you know, analyzing that following within analytics to make sure it's the correct following. Or for relationships, we need to build relationships with that following. So we build it one-to-one on Twitter with influencers, or we could build at scale by providing really good content. But then when we build the, the audience and relationships, we want to drive people to our website. Typically, we want to get people to our website. So that's I for inbound traffic. So we get people then onto our website for inbound traffic. At that stage, most people are probably not ready to buy because they're just after hearing about you on Twitter. So then you have to think, well, how do I capture their details so you continue to build a relationship with them? And that's for S for subscribers and social retargeting. So build your email subscribers from visitors, or if they don't subscribe, you can still retarget people with ads knowing that they visit your website. And M then for monetization, where you build out your sales funnel to sell products and services once people have become subscribers. So there is a bit of a process of going from, you know, exchanging a tweet all the way through to getting paid at the end. But once you follow that process, you can generate money from, uh, you know, various social media channels, including Twitter. So P was for? P for people. So you build an audience. And then uh, R? For relationships. I for inbound traffic. S for subscribers and social retargeting. And M for monetization. I like this because the bottom line is social is about develop is about people and the right people, right? So who is it I'm trying to reach? How am I going to reach them? And then the relationships is the actual engagement and interaction with those people. Hopefully they'll get to know, like, and trust you and thus click on your links, which will bring inbound traffic to your website. A certain subsegment of those people coming to your website will say, I want more. As a result, they will sign up for your newsletter. Those that don't, you can retarget. And those that are retargetable and or subscription subscribers to your newsletter can ultimately be people you can try to sell to, right? That is your model, the PRISM model. I like it a lot, Ian. Cool, cool. (laughs) So I guess it does, you know, lead right into the next question. Given this flow from people, relationship, inbound traffic, subscriptions, and monetization, what are the metrics that you think we ought to be most paying attention to? Well, I mean, I think for most people, it's going to be related to, you know, are you driving the traffic to your website and what happens as a result of that traffic once it arrives? So it's great driving traffic from Twitter, but if they disappear immediately without any engagement or anything, well, then it's not great traffic. So you need to at the end point, it's really, are you driving relevant traffic to your website and what's happening to that traffic? If you move over to Twitter at a starting point, you want to make sure that you're building a relevant audience. So you're going to look at analytics, look at the profile of your audience to make sure it's a relevant audience. You want to grow that audience on an ongoing basis because if it is a relevant audience, a larger audience is going to be better. And then you, if we're building relationships, you want to see, are you getting engagement on your content? Is this relevant audience interested in the content so they are engaging with the content? And that's showing that you're building a relationship by providing valuable content. And that's going to help then to drive the traffic. Yeah. And one of the one of the ways I want to encourage people 
and this is something that it took us a little while to figure out, but you want to use UTM, uh, Google Analytics UTM parameters. And if you go to Social Media Examiner and you Google how to get started with Google Analytics um, or you just Google UTM, all in caps, you're going to find a number of articles that we've written. But the idea here is that if you are not assigning your inbound links with special parameters, you're not going to be able to distinguish between organic traffic that's coming to your site because someone retweeted your your blog post versus the stuff that you've actually done. And it can get really mind-boggling because all of a sudden your traffic will be up one month and down the next month, and you'll assume it has something to do with you, but it may not have anything to do with you. All it takes is really just one high-profile person to retweet your content off your blog, and you can have enormous amounts of traffic going in, and you could artificially think it's the result of your work. And if you're not kind of um, tracking your work so that you can separate out um, your work distinctly from what Google Analytics tells you is is Google traffic, I mean, uh, Twitter traffic, then you're just not going to know what the heck is going on. I'm curious, Ian, are you using UTM parameters in your uh, activities? Yeah, I would always use UTM parameters for any campaign we set up. So not for every tweet, but if we're running a campaign, for example, I'm running a webinar, I will always use UTM parameters across Twitter, Facebook, Twitter ads, Facebook ads. So it's different for everywhere I'm sharing. So then I can go into Google Analytics and say, I want to look at this specific campaign. I want to see, you know, was it the ad that generated me a webinar subscriber or was it a tweet that generated or, you know, was it paid or unpaid? So like for a campaign, you just have to have tracking in place. Otherwise, you could be just wasting money on ads that, you know, are not working or you could be wasting money on channels that are not working. See, in our case, we have a rather large social team and we we track every activity of every tweet that we actually manually do ourselves so that we have a metric to know that our team is doing you know their job. Um, are they getting better? Are they getting worse? Um, and that is that extra level of accountability that is so critical. And I strongly encourage anyone who does work for a team to consider using UTM parameters for everything that you do. So at least you can justify to your boss, for example, hey, this is the result of the direct efforts that we've taken on our Twitter channel, um, paid and non-paid. I want to spend a few minutes, Ian, talking about some of the other tools that are out there because we mentioned there was a whole bunch of things you can't do with Twitter analytics. And we did mention already Google Analytics, and with Google Analytics, that's probably the easiest tool to track inbound traffic to your website from Twitter. But what are some of the other tools that you recommend that are not from Twitter that can help us uh, with our marketing analytics? Sure. I really like uh, Rival IQ because Rival IQ lets me set up a competitor landscape. So I can put in like 10 people into that landscape or 10 different Twitter profiles. And then I can do a full comparison across each one. So as we said, the analytics doesn't provide you that competitor analysis. So I can start to see, well, is my followers growing, you know, on a weekly basis? And how does that compare to somebody else? Is my engagement, how's my engagement compared to somebody else? So I want to see, am I, you know, should my engagement be a lot more compared to competitors in the field? So it gives me something, a goal to go for. So I really like that. Just to clarify, Rival IQ provides it. It allows you to add up to ten people, and once you have these people, 
then you are quote unquote doing what? I mean, I guess, you know, I'm, I want clarification on what rival IQ is doing. Sure. Okay. So I suggested 10, but you can put more in the landscape. But so what I can do in, into rival IQ and I can look at Twitter analytics for my own profile, which is presented in a different way than how it's presented on Twitter analytics. But then what I can also do is I can add in lots of other competitors and then I can do a side-by-side comparison with everybody. So I can't go into Twitter analytics and look at your profile, Mike, and your analytics, but with Rival IQ, I can. So I can see what your engagement is like, you know, for the data that's provided through that. So I can see, you know, are you getting good engagement on, on your tweets uh, I can see what your follower growth is like compared to mine. Does it so show I'm some of the top tweets also? It shows some of the top tweets, and I even get a notification on breakout tweets. So if you've got a tweet that has really done very well compared to other tweets, I'll get an email notification about that. So that can be useful just to see, well, what is it? Is it new content you come up with, or is it something I should be sharing as well? Outstanding. What's the cost for that software? Uh, last time I looked, is about $300 a month, uh, you know, so it's not not cheap, but it provides analytics across, you know, YouTube, Pinterest, Facebook, Twitter, web analytics. So it's a, quite a, a broad tool, but it's um, really, really useful. When it comes to our own personal profiles, does it provide any data on us that Twitter's not already giving us, or is the key thing kind of how we match up against the competition? Key thing is more how we match up against the, the competition, yeah. Perfect. Okay, cool. Do you have any other tools that you want to mention? There's one, there's a, a free one called Twitonomy that I like that provides, you know, I can put in somebody's Twitter address and it shows me the information that the analytics provide, but also additional information. For example, who is this person retweeting on a regular basis? Uh, who are they replying to? Who, who are they mentioning on a regular basis? Because if I'm doing research work and I found an influencer and I want to figure out, well, who's this influencer talking to on a regular basis? Well, if they're retweeting somebody's content regularly, it's probably either a friend or another influencer. So I love figuring out, you know, if I want to produce a list of influential people, that's a good way of finding those influencers. Excellent. Um, Are there any other tools that you want to mention that provide Twitter analytics that we haven't already mentioned? I suppose the last one is a tool that used to be called Social Pro. It's now called Audiences. And um, this provides, yeah, there's a lot of good analytics. And uh, like one area is it shows me when people are online tweeting so I can figure out when's a good time to tweet. So if I log in at nine o'clock this morning, I'll see, oh, maybe 10% of my audience is actually online engaging at that time. Mm. So I know it might not be a great time to tweet. So there is there is good detail analytics and I can do lots of filters to find the most relevant people and then analyze their Twitter followings and things like that. So that's another useful tool. Good. Can you just uh, summarize the name of that tool and the other the other two tools that you mentioned? Uh, Rival IQ, Twitonomy, and Audiences. Audiences. So the new one is just called Audiences. How do we that's such a broad name. Is it just audiences.com? Yeah, I think it's spelled with an S, so I think it's A-U-D-I-E-N-S-E-S. Ah, perfect. Okay, great. Well, um, Ian, I just want to, first of all, thank you so much for opening my eyes to all the things that you can do, even out of the box with Twitter analytics. I mean, 
I'll be honest, I'm just not digging in here enough. And I bet you a lot of our listeners aren't either. And thank you so much for sharing your prism model as well. Where can people discover more about you and all the great stuff you've got going on, Ian? Yeah, just head over to razorsocial.com and, and you'll find me there all the time. Ian Cleary, thank you so much for joining me for this awesome episode. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Mike. Great to be on your show. Well, I hope you got a lot out of this week's episode. If there was anything we missed, because maybe you're on the road or you're on the move, don't worry. Socialmediaexaminer.com slash 208 is where you'll find all the show notes and every tool that we mentioned in today's show is there. Also, if you're new to this show, don't miss a future show. We've got some great stuff coming down the pipeline. If you're listening on a mobile podcast player, hit that subscribe button and make sure that you get all the future episodes of the show. If you're a longtime listener, you've probably been hearing me say this for a while, but would you consider giving me a review? Uh, it really does help us, and I love to hear from you guys. Socialmediaexaminer.com slash iTunes. You can do it right from your mobile phone. And just go ahead and give us a rating and or a review. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter, we deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.